Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello, my wonderful, beautiful friends. Guys, welcome back to our slash malicious compliance, where people often get what they ask for, not necessarily what they want. Guys, I hope you're having another great day today. And as always, I hope you enjoy the stories and remember to hit that subscribe button if you haven't already. So my ex-wife and I split because she cheated. Our separation was quite tumultuous. She hasn't still apologized for the act of cheating, and she still denies it, even though I know beyond any reasonable doubt that she did. I was incredibly hurt at the time, and I'll admit that I wasn't acting my best, but I still tried to treat her fairly. Once she left, we agreed that she would take over the payments on our car because she needed it for work. Our other car was totally paid off, and I couldn't afford the payments on the one that she drove but I agreed to leave my name on the loan because her credit didn't qualify. I told her that she could keep it for as long as she made the payments, and if she paid it off, I would immediately sign her over the title. But if she started flaking on the payments, I would have the car voluntarily repossessed. I also agreed to give her the washer and dryer on the condition that she take over the car payments. I had purchased the washer and dryer, but had no use for them because I live in an apartment at the time, and this is important for later. Well, we inevitably got into a disagreement over the parenting of our kids, and she randomly showed up with the car, handed me the keys, and said, have fun figuring out how to make the payments, as she knew I couldn't afford them. She then ended with a, and get your stupid crap out of my storage unit. We hadn't finished untangling the mess of items in our jointly owned storage unit, but she wanted it done immediately because she was mad. So I did what she asked. I went over that day to get my stuff out of our storage unit, While I was in there, I saw the washer and dryer sitting in the corner. I immediately remembered that I only had to give it to her on the condition that she pays off the car. So I took them. I had absolutely zero need for them at the time, as the apartment had a washer and a dryer. But she had very specifically wanted my things out of her storage unit, so who was I to argue? She then called me a day later, screaming about it, telling me that she had filed a police report. I laughed, knowing that they wouldn't do anything because it was my property. But the story gets better. So since I took the washer and dryer, she actually wanted the car back. Well, the day after she dropped it off on me, I got into a freak accident and totaled it. Everybody was okay. So she ended up without a car and I never had to make a single payment on it. The universe wanted to maliciously comply with her demands. You know what they say guys, play dumb games, win dumb prizes. The ex totally tried to screw over OP by giving him a car that he couldn't afford, and then making him empty the storage unit out of anger. And in the end, she was left with no washer, no dryer, nothing. Okay, so for some context, my family and I recently moved into a rental house while our new house was being built. The rental is in the back of a gated community, on a mostly undeveloped street. So yesterday, I received a letter from the homeowners association informing me that I'm not in compliance of the quote, strictly enforced by towing restriction, stating that vehicles may not be parked on the street overnight. In the letter was a picture of my car, an old BMW, parked beside our house on the street. I decided to look up the HOA restrictions, which I haven't seen before since I'm a renter, and discovered that I'm living in HOA hell. 
Now, the street parking rule is just the beginning of a long list of restrictions, including one warranting a hefty fine for leaving the garage door open when not in use. Now, this came as a huge surprise, since several of my neighbors have parked their cars on the street without problem since I've lived here, so I assumed it was okay. I can only imagine that they've singled me out because my car is 30 years old. However, in my defense, it's a very presentable and by no means junky car. Being singled out made me incredibly frustrated to the point that I started doing legal research. It turns out that my HOA has every right to tow my project car, since it's parked on a private street in the neighborhood. The good news for me is that the street just outside of the neighborhood is public, and it's 100% legal to park on it for any amount of time. Unfortunately for the HOA, the closest section of public street to my rental house is right in front of their nicely gated entrance. Ironically, my old BMW has now become a part of their image, and there's nothing they can do about it until I move out. Guys, the more I read about HOAs in these stories, the more I appreciate living in a single home that's not a part of one. Like, I couldn't imagine getting a fine for stupid little things like accidentally leaving a garage door open overnight. That, that sounds totally ridiculous. So this person's comment says, Your classic BMW is way too nice to grace their sign with, man. I think it's worth investing $200 in a barely drivable hoopty with different color doors and missing windows on three of those undersized temporary tires and wheels and one normal one. Okay, so I followed a Subaru Legacy onto my tiny private road, not public road. For all of you who have missed the word private, I made it bold for you. There is no such thing as public parking on a private road. The car then pulls into my driveway. As I waited, thinking that this person was just lost and turning around, which happens quite a bit, a woman gets out of her car and starts to walk past me. Now, it's a strange driveway and parking area, as it's across the street from me, but it's still my property. And no, it's not just in front of my house where I have some misguided claim at some type of possession, due to its relative location from that house. It was presented that way by the realtor 26 years ago, and it shows up on city records, is on the service done back then, and recently, it's on the deeds. I also spent over $10,000, having it professionally built up, leveled, and then paved. It's mine. It's for my vehicles, my tenants, and our guests. I didn't do all of this to be denied access by anyone. Never wanting to assume arrogance, I treat everybody with respect, that I'd want them to treat me with. I rolled down my window and politely said, Excuse me, but that's my spot. Could you move your car? To which I received a middle finger and told to do something about it. I then told her, That's at least $100. So she then proceeds to go into her friend's car and drive away. They disappeared down the road. I then drive up to the last available spot on my property, leaving nothing for one of my tenants, despite there being five empty spots at her friend's house. Now let's review what happened. She drove onto a private street, passing a private way sign, multiple no trespassing, no parking, parking for residents only signs, passed the empty spot before her friend, passed her friend's car, passed two to three more empty spots next to her friend, passed two more cars, and then parked in the clean paved area in front of a clean, well-maintained house next door. She then was politely asked to move, and she chose to be a complete bitch instead. About half an hour later, the car was towed and impounded. So six hours after that, she's banging at my door. She got told to leave, she refused, and she was eventually removed forcibly by police. She was also told to never return, but she did return, and she was promptly arrested. 
Now, what she didn't do, however, was even attempt to contact the impound yard to get her uncle's car back. About 50 days later, and I do remember that the fees were just under $2,000, in lieu of payment, her uncle handed over the Subaru keys and signed the title over to the impound yard, my friend's impound yard. It takes about six weeks for a new title to come in, and the impound yard was getting overcrowded. Since I had just sold my black Impala and now had an empty spot, I offered to store the car at my house until the title came in. He did drop it off around a week later, but the title came in quicker than usual. I never got the opportunity to see her face, but I would have imagined that it was priceless. I'd say that woman got exactly what she deserved, guys. You park on someone's private property, be prepared to pay the price. And in this case, a very, very expensive price. Okay, so I do have a question though. How the heck did the uncle not notice that his car was gone for that long? And ask his niece where it was. So if he does come back saying, By the way, since I see so many people who think I'm such a jerk, I can assure you that I'm only one when warranted. Whenever I've actually had to ask a new visitor to move, it's because we were running out of space and I was outside and they were still there. And I was never disrespectful. In the 26 years, we've asked around 100 people to move and only ever had two cars towed. The other one was there for a week and no one claimed it. If you can actually tell me that you would just leave someone like that alone after they passed the signs, got politely asked to move, and then flipped you off and yelled at you to do something about it, then kudos to you. I asked politely and she could have responded politely. Guys, I stand by what I said. It's a shame that people were giving OP such a hard time in the comments about what they did to her car. I agree 100%. If someone were to park on my property and was kind of nice about it, I might have let it slide. But middle finger and getting told to do something about it, yeah, you're getting towed. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. This story happened back in the 80s. It was my first job. I was working as a maintenance man at a local hotel. I'd been working there part-time since I was 16 years old, and when I turned 18, I got noticed to attend jury duty. I picked a week, and I let my boss know. The owner of the hotel finds out, and he sees me in the hallway. He then tells me that I need to do whatever it takes to get out of jury duty because he needs me at the hotel that week for a large dog show, since there was going to be clogged drains, etc. And if I'm not at work, I'm fired. When I get to jury duty on day one, I get selected to do a week-long trial. And the judge asks the jurors if there's any reason that we can't serve on jury duty. They then go around. When they get to me, I'm nervous. I've never been to court before, and I'm too scared to lie. I then tell the judge that the owner of the business I work at will fire me if I'm not back today, and said that I needed to do everything I can to get out of jury duty, or else I'm fired. Other than that, I'm fine serving. 
So at this, the judge looks pissed. The judge then asks me to approach the bench, ask for the name of the owner, location, etc., and then he hands the court officer a paper and says something to the officer. The judge still looks pissed, and I'm told to return to the jury box. About an hour later, they're still selecting jury when an officer returns with the owner. He's visibly shaken, in handcuffs, and he's walked to the front of the judge's bench. The owner is now standing in front of the judge. The judge then asks him questions, which he apologetically tries to worm out of. The judge, then even looking more pissed, instructs him that I will be here for jury duty, that I will serve for as long as I need to, and that he should not do anything to retaliate against me, and that the judge is filing charges and will be instructing the clerk to check with me regularly, and if for any reason I'm fired or face any disciplinary action at work, he will hold the owner in contempt, violation of a court order, and he'll spend time behind bars thinking about how important jury duty is. And then, the judge makes my boss apologize to me, in court. I made it onto the jury and served a week. I then reported back to work the following week, and I expected some blowback, but I never got fired, none of my shifts were changed, and I got paid for my time off in jury. The clerk did check back a few times, and I was told to call the direct phone number if anything happened. I was pretty much bulletproof, and worked until I saved enough money to go back to school. Guys, I would have loved to have seen the look on that boss's face when he was brought into court in front of the judge. Yeah, it's not worth getting charged with contempt of court to work a crappy shift cleaning up dog doo-doo and clogged drains, sir. In the sixth grade, I bore witness to a stunning example of malicious compliance. Several grades of classes from our elementary were called to the gymnasium for some lessons on self-defense. We were to be given some very rudimentary examples of how we, as children, can fight off an attacker when there's no other options. The instructor was a man who had a long martial artist title, and he was unbearably smug about it. Sure, he'd made some big accomplishments, but it would take every moment available to deliver his lengthy champion title verbatim. Damned if I can remember what it was. He was instructing us on how to basically go belly up like a distressed turtle to kick off an attacker. We weren't really understanding how this was feasible, and we were asking a lot of questions about it. He then got tired of the questions and called up a volunteer to demonstrate the self-defense technique. He called upon Alice, a girl in my class. He didn't just tell her how to get in position, however. He was putting his hands on her and getting her to lie belly up on the wax gymnasium floor in a way that was truly creepy and invasive even to children who might not understand why. He gave her long stares and made some quiet remarks to her that we couldn't hear, but the expression on her face said, yuck. Now, I was only 11 years old, but I got the gist of the situation and thought to myself, oh my goodness, this guy's effing gross. She had her legs up to kick, was making kicking motions, but clearly swerving away from making direct hits to this man. It wasn't enough for him to just have the kids understand the technique, he needed to demonstrate his martial arts prowess. He then said to her, No, no, go ahead and fight me. This works on an amateur, but I'm an... Insert his lengthy and proud title right here. Now, he could not have known, but my entire class knew that Alice was a competitive swimmer. She had swimming skills beyond her years, and all the medals and awards to prove it, complete with the muscular development of someone who spent years mastering their sports, particularly in her legs. Alice seized the opportunity to fight off a man who was already throwing up some problematic indicators of his own predatory nature. She kicked him a few times, clipping his shin or thigh as he artfully dodged her full-on attacks with a big grin on his face. 
She then triumphantly planted her sneaker directly into his crotch with a force that made both her and the man red in the face. He then lets out a strangled yelp before crumpling to the ground. The guy then dry heaved a few times too. He was in medical distress and some students rushed to help him up. To the children though, we just saw a guy get kicked in the balls by a kid. That's comedy gold in elementary school. He was helped out of the gym amid the roaring, belly-aching laughter of 100-plus children. Astoundingly enough, to me at least, Alice was facing punishment for what happened. Detention was already assigned, and suspension was up in the air. Thankfully, Alice's mother rose up with the theory of a thousand women scorned after hearing Alice's testimony of events. Alice faced no suspension, and to my knowledge, did not attend any after-school detention sessions. For the rest of the school year, she was recognized as the ultimate badass, and the reigning queen of justice by testes. This one goes back to the previous neighborhood our family lived in. It was a really nice, quiet, horseshoe-shaped street, but had no sidewalks. When my wife and I would walk the dogs and our kids, we would have to walk in the street. This was not a problem, unless a car came, and we would have the kids step aside into the grass to stay out of the street while the car passed. The neighborhood was built in the 80s, and many residents are original owners. Mostly nice, but of course we have some nasty humanoids among them. One neighbor in particular seems to always have something mean to say when we go by. She's a deacon at the church my family goes to, and she's the type to be religious for face value only. One day in particular, she yelled at us for allowing our kids to step on her grass, while avoiding a car in the road. I told her they were just stepping aside until the car passed, and she got overly angry and started spraying a hose at us, screaming like a banshee. We hurried the kids away and told them that they did nothing wrong, and from now on, we'll just walk on the other side of the street. About two weeks later, her and her husband got a new shed installed at their house, and had to have the property surveyed for it. As I drive by, I notice something. The front property boundary was about 10 feet back from the road. The houses on their side of the street were all a little farther back. I had a friend who'd a surveying come out, and sure enough, the boundary was three feet from the road. We did some digging through the archives at City Hall, and found that the neighborhood was permitted and designed to have a sidewalk that ran the length of the horseshoe on her side of the street. The 10 feet right of way was designed to have some curbing, grass, and then a sidewalk. So I did what any sane person would do in this situation. I contacted the township to have a sidewalk put in. The township notified all the residents of the request, and held an open hearing for it during the township meeting. Most of the neighbors showed up in support of it, and most didn't care, but that nasty woman showed up to protest it, and she raised all hell. So a month later, they began excavating for the sidewalk. And when they got to her house, she had planted a big landscape piece with flowers and shrubs and a tree right in the way. The township had told her to remove it, and she didn't. They then find her, and then they removed it themselves. So the best part of the story is that two weeks after the sidewalk was finished and put in, we listed our house and moved to another neighborhood. She still makes nasty remarks to my mother at church, and we drive by her house all the time while visiting our old neighbors. I love how that woman spent all that money putting in landscaping pieces with trees and shrubs, like that's gonna magically prevent them from digging it up and making a sidewalk. And the cherry on top was that she got fined, Like, that's what you get for spraying a family walking by with water, Karen. And that, my friends, brings us to another end of our slash malicious compliance. Guys, if you enjoyed the stories today, do remember to hit that thumbs up. And if you missed yesterday's episode on the channel, I'll link it right here. An insane mom forces her daughter to have a baby so she can buy it for $200. 
Guys, if you missed it, go check it out. And myself and Steve-O will see you in the next one. We love you. Mom deserves the best. And there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.